Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's a bit of a depleted lineup tonight. With James being unavailable, it's me, Trevor, in the chair. Welcome to episode 29 of the Premier Non-League Podcast. The Premier Non-League Podcast. So tonight there's just the three of us. It's myself, Pete, how you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, Trevor, yourself? Not too bad, thanks. Gaz, you alright? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. So James is unavailable, so we're missing him and... Uh, Chris had to drop out earlier this evening with a few work commitments. So just the three of us are two over the fat of the last two and a half weeks, isn't it? I think because we should have recorded last week, if memory serves me right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we're a bit of a week out of kilter, but it gives us a little bit more to uh, to chat about, which is always good. But then there's never there's never a dull moment in non-league football. So we get stuck. No, never. Well, right, we'll get started this evening then. And between the three of us, and obviously great, actually, the other two aren't here because the three of us have spent most of the time in and around Worthing Football Club, haven't we? We have indeed. Uh, twice in four days this week for me, which is a bit of a rarity. But yeah. yeah, and three times for you, Pete, including Monday evening as well. Yes. Yeah, I had to think where was on Monday. Where was on Monday? Yeah, of course. Sitting next to me at Woodside Road. That, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> as, as it goes. Uh, so if we start, we'll start with Saturday then. Um, Gaz, obviously, you popped along to Worthing. Uh, Pete is always in the commentary box with his yeah. bird's eye view. Um, how did it go, gents? It went well, didn't it? I think. Um, Del- delighted with the three 0 win. Yeah, it was. I think Enfield were third going into the game, so I think with, with getting the getting the clean sheet and three goals, certainly uh, it was. I thought I thought it was a really good good game, entertaining. Um, after the first goal went in, though, I think I thought there was only one winner. To be honest with you, the Enfield head seemed to drop. They didn't seem to offer a lot going forward. So, but that was a good game. Fifteen just shy, just over fifteen hundred people there. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask. You're a bit surprised, Pete. You're expecting a bit more from Enfield. I know their form's dropped off a little bit the last few weeks, but you know they're they're third for a good reason. Yeah, I was definitely definitely expecting more from them. Um, yeah, but uh, the performance from Worthing it was just so controlled. Uh, there was you know no panic on the ball or anything. And when Enfield had it, they just didn't seem to know what to do with it. To be honest, we were just all over him like a rash. So yeah, with them out of the way, Bishop, Bishop Stortford still to come for Worthing, who are in second. But with the gap as it is now, eight points and a game in hand, we're not going to say it's home and hose because there's eleven still to play. How confident are you, though? Are you, are you asking Gareth? Or <laughs> well, Gaz, Gaz, don't go that often. You're sitting there in the box every game. Um, if we blow it from this position, it would be the biggest disappointment ever, to be honest. Oh, and and I, I really, I really think with the games we've got coming up, that uh, yeah, I, I, I think you know we've got a couple. Of, obviously, Lewis on Saturday away from home in a dripping pan, but we haven't got a bad record there. Uh, then East Furuk next Tuesday, um, and I can't remember who we've got next weekend, but then the week after, the Tuesday after that, we've got the Bishop Storford. So, if we can get, you know, seven points out of the next nine available, I'd be, I'd be delighted. And I suppose, I suppose in a way, the Bishop Storford game then becomes just a must not lose rather than, you know, we have to win. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, oh. I do you know what I, I haven't seen Worthing a great deal this this season, but when I have seen them, 
they've just looked another class above everyone else in the league. And it doesn't matter who they've seen. And obviously, they started the season a bit slower. Um, a few problems at the beginning of the season. But pre-season, seen them against National League South Opposition, Tunbridge and Welling, who are obviously both at the bottom end of the table. But seeing them against them in pre-season, they blew them away. And then it got to, got to the season, a little bit disappointed at the start. But what I have seen of them this season, I, I think it'll be, like Pete said, it'll be a great travesty if they don't finish the, the season top of the pile. And especially after the last two seasons as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, mean, I, I can see I can see Hornchurch grabbing second now. I really can. They're they in the such, playoff spots at the moment. Yeah, yeah, they're on such a run at the moment. Um, but it, they're they're eleven behind us. Um, but I, I honestly think Hornchurch has such a slow start to the season, and now they've really picked up and they're absolutely storming up that table. And I think okay, they only drew the other night. Um, said I could have went third the other night. Uh, but yeah, I can see them finishing second. But will teams be yeah. tactical about where they want to finish in those playoff spots for whether they're going to be home or away for the first yeah, game quite or whatever? Possibly, yeah, I was looking at the playoff positions at, at the weekend and they're almost pretty much set in the team that's going to be. I think only Chessant, if they win their three or four games in hand, can actually make a make a, a you know a run to get into. I think it's a lot for any of the other sides underneath to um to make it in so yeah you've got that yeah you know will uh, it be a bit tactical that's it like um margate are 21 behind us in seventh yeah. so you can you can write them off because we're not going to drop that many points yeah yeah so I it's think... lewis are clinging on to the to the to the pack for the playoffs but the way the way that enfield are going lewis have got a game in hand and only two points behind so mm. let's see yeah, yeah, and Enfield have played 32, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, purely from a Sussex basis, I kind of I want to see Lewis win the playoffs. I would like to see as many Sussex teams within uh, within the National League South as possible. Well, if Worthing go up, they've only got Eastbourne Borough would be the closest game, wouldn't it, if Dorking make it out into the National yeah. League as we're expecting? Yeah, 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 I think you're probably right. And then haven't, I think, would be the next... One along. Yeah, 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 in the opposite direction, yeah. But mentioning the National League South anyway brings us on actually quite nicely, Pete, onto Monday night where you and I went along to to to, to Worthing to listen to how how far the club's come in the last well that Barry was going back six, six, seven years, wasn't he, really, to the yeah. to the point when George bought the club. Um and um, for me I went along as a as a as a sponsor. Pete went along obviously as a fan as the one of the Main commentators for Worthing's Rebel Yell and a sponsor, and a sponsor, <laughs> and it was just interesting to 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 listen to all aspects of where the club put itself, how they're doing financially, and then actually on the pitch itself, you know what they were planning to do, and listening to them and and hearing that you know if they go up, we won't say when, just in case we don't we don't expect it, but just in case, you know they were. They're prepared to give Adam a budget to be competitive, not just to sit around that bottom bit, as we said, with Tunbridge and, and Welling, as we mentioned earlier, they have struggled on two sides. We saw it with Woodside at Green pre-season. So it's not just a case of making up the numbers. You know, Worthing want to go and do a little bit more. Yeah. I think they've got a good core, haven't they, already of players that could perform at National League South level. I mean, Dorkin, who are doing really well at the top, came in the league in one of the cup games, didn't they? And it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a FA white trophy, one, remember. Sorry? FA Trophy Dawkin came came in to Woodside, didn't they? I think. I think so. Yeah, one 2 nil, didn't they? Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 2-0, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's only 2-0. You've seen what Dawkin have done to Haven't and Waterlooville around Christmas time. And they're, in the, they're supposedly in the same league on an even sort of keel. Yeah, at the same time... Nil. Yeah, that, that game, I didn't actually think that we deserved to be on the losing side, to be honest. We did no. absolutely restrict them. And Rutherford scored a great goal um, to open the scoring. Um, yeah. and He seems to have scored a lot of those this season. Yeah, yeah, he's doing really well. <laughs> he's a very, very good player. Um, oh. He opened the scoring, but I thought we'd limited them to their chances. And, you know, if we'd put some of ours away, it might have been a different story. 
But I suppose that that for me shows that only losing 2-0 to a team who are not going to say walking away with the National League South, but are, are up there and, in my opinion, they're going to win it. But yeah. Yeah. I, to only lose 2-0 to them, I think I think it shows that Worthing are already at a level of National League South and they just need a few more players. And like you say, they will start um, being competitive uh, next season. I listened to the Hayden Bird interview after we played them, the Kingstonian manager. Yeah. And, he, 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 and one of his comments was, I wouldn't be surprised if Worthing got back-to-back promotions. It's, it's possible, isn't it? I mean, you know, teams that are on a good on a good bounce, um, you know, it takes them back up in, in exactly the same way as teams get relegated, you know, and you end up with a double, sometimes even a triple, because the momentum's just falling one way, you know, or the other, depending on... On, on, on which division you're going into, so yeah, it's a, it's a possibility. It's um, possibly sides won't relish coming and playing on a plastic pitch. The, there are two or three in the south already: Billericay and Maidstone. I think are the only two that spring to mind that I know of. Um, Billericay, well. yeah. Well, yeah, they should be. Yeah, sorry, sorry, guys. Dawkins plastic as well. Yeah, Daw- yeah. But obviously, though, if they've gone up, then yeah, you're only yeah. looking at Maidstone. Let's, yeah, let's not assume anything, shall we not? <laughs> no, of course not. Um, but, you know, you could be looking at just Maidstone as the only side with the plastic in that in that division as well. So some sides might not like coming. Um, and as Worthen approved for the last couple of years, they're very good on the road. So, you know, they're every chance. The club want the, you know, want to be competitive on the pitch and off the pitch. No reason why it couldn't be a double promotion if it happens this season. Interesting. Certainly will. And then we got to Tuesday night and a cup semi-final. And uh, Adam off, opted to rest Ollie Pierce, but didn't make much difference, did it, with the amount of goals they rattled in? Absolutely not. No, and, and, and I think, to be honest, uh, David Radari has come in. He's really, really making a difference on loan, loan, loan from Crawley. And I think he's... Uh, He's, he's had a really good start and he's uh, finding the net as well. Yeah, so the third, third goal he scored yeah. was an uh, absolute strike. Yeah. yeah, from the edge of the box. I think I think watching the game the other day, the, the, the strength and depth at Worthing as well, like he made a few changes and Horsham just looked, not Horsham, sorry, Three Bridges looked all at all at sea for most parts of the game. They did well to hold on to it was about 40th, 44th minute, something like that. 39 I think after, after that I think I said to, we were there with former Preston manager Simon and I think I said to him I was going to be a bit of a come out in the second half there might be a, a, a 4-5 in this and then lo and behold 5-0 yeah, the, yeah. The, I mean there was a, 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 clear, a, a clear class gap between yeah. the two with uh, you know how um, how Worthing we're going to play, how Worthing set up against what three bridges we're going to do. And I thought I thought three bridges did well to you know play as they did, two banks of four almost and contain. But you felt if Worthing scored, then Bridges have got a decision about whether they come out and play or whether they try and keep it and just nick one. But you know when they did get the ball, which when it was a bit of sloppy play that gave it away, they just couldn't you know couldn't fashion any, anything with it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think from the first whistle they were playing for penalties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of chance of that, was there? So, Lewis, Lewis this weekend. It's going to be a bit of a tough one, I think. Um, and then, as you say, Stortford in a, in a week and a half's time, get through those unscathed, and then I think, you're, you know, you're on the yellow brick road. Let's hope so. Come on, guys. We're being. I know. I know. We've got to be positive, but it's, it's, there's that curse, isn't there, of being over positive, overconfident. Well, <laughs> I want to see it as much yeah. as anyone else, but I don't want to say it out loud. That's it. Well, at the moment, at the moment, I'm sleeping like a baby, so yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite relaxed about it all. I think if Pete's, be, I think if Pete's happy, fine. Pete's fine. We're all okay. Well, the, the thing is, when you got Adam Hinshelwood saying, he's saying to me, you know, Pete, we can still get that 100 points this season. That's what we want. That's what the players want. We can get to 103, theoretically. Mm, that that's a good target, isn't it? Yeah. That, that would be a feat, wouldn't it? It would. 
It would, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Especially after the last two years as well. So then go out and, and knock 100 points in. They're only, they're only 20 goals away from knocking in 100 goals as well in the league. Yeah, year, I've, so. I've, I've worked out as long as we don't drop... If, say, um, Bishop Storford win all their remaining games, yeah. I think they, they can get to 94 points. So as long as we don't drop any more than nine, yeah. then, then it's ours. Yeah. There we go. There'll be a big middle finger up to Jack Pierce on the way up there as well, <laughs> won't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> he, he'll, come, he'll come up with, with some of it. It's the last right. game of the season and null and void. Yeah. Nah, say, norm- oh, oh, the Russians have invaded Ukraine. We've got a null and void the season. <laughs> Possibility, in it, from Jack. Now, normally yeah. after we've spoken worthy, we'd normally move on to South Shields. And obviously, Chris isn't sitting with us tonight, but we thought we'd uh, have a little mention in his absence because we all follow a little bit as to what they're doing up there. They're the same level as as, as Worthing for those of you that don't listen regularly. But they've had a bit of um, a bit of an up and down week, haven't they? A blip. Yes. Yeah. Nice four two win at the weekend, and then that was against Matlock, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. And I can't remember who they played the other night. Ashton United, I think it was during the week. Yeah, who are mid-table yeah. side, so yeah. they beat sort of a team that's going um, for it was the it title. was Nantwich on Saturday, I think. Yeah, it was Nantwich yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, yeah. Sorry, I do apologize. Yeah. Um yeah, sorry, Karen. Uh, they're still looking very strong. Um I did I did message Chris in the group chat and say, I have the question all ready to ask you. Without James being here, myself she was getting promoted. He's not here to answer it. So I'll answer it. Do we answer it for him? Hold on. Are you pet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they will. Yeah, I still think it's in their hands. I think uh, at the weekend when I looked at the table, they were, were they four points clear? Yeah, they're, they're level now. With, but they're, 60, they're three points clear, uh, level yeah. on games with Buxton. Matlock have got a game in hand, but can only get a point behind. So, so looking good, looking good, isn't it for, for Shields as well? Yes. As it goes, so we could yeah. be he could be celebrating a double podcast promotion. That, that would be nice, wouldn't it? So that would be yeah, that that would be not bad, would it? Not bad. That's something, so, so, some way to go after the last couple of years, I think. Um, yes. You know, quite well deserved for both clubs. Yeah, and the pressures the pressure's really going to be on Shields though, going into this last ten games for them. Yeah. So it's how they deal with that pressure as well, because like I say, they haven't got a lead like we have. Um, and obviously, them being the only professional club in the league, then people are, are expecting. It comes yeah, with expectancy, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, you've got that big crowd of the average, what, over 2,000, don't they, per game? You've got the Kevin Phillips part of it as well, where clubs would want to put one over on them. So, yeah, there's a, there's, there's a heck of a lot more pressure on them, I think, than Worthing. As you say, they haven't got the lead that Worthing are enjoying at the moment as well to, to be able to sit back on as a cushion. So... As I say, every game's every game's a cup final, I think, for them, you know, to ensure they make it at the end of the season. So having Wi Fi issues for a change. Sorry? Stop Are you back? having Wi Fi issues for a change. We lost you then. Oh me, sorry. Yeah, well I'm I'm, I'm hot spotting because I haven't got any Wi Fi at the moment until tomorrow. So that happens when you move. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. You're back. Carry on. You're back. Fantastic. So as we're recording at the moment on a Thursday evening instead of a Monday. Boreham Wood, the only non-league side left in the FA Cup, are currently in action at Everton. Nil-nil. And the draw's already been made for the quarterfinals of the next round, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And who they got, Pete? Crystal Palace away, whoever goes through. Which is not a bad draw again if they manage to uh, manage to get past Everton. So, you know, by the time we finish recording, they'll still be playing. Are they going to be in the quarterfinals or is, no, is the last non-league side standing going to have fallen? I don't know. I'm, Frank Lampard need, desperately needs a win. Yeah. But I just looked at the team that he's put out and he has made a lot of changes. Now, bear in mind, Bournemouth would are going to be up for this. It's brave to make the changes when you need a win. Yeah. Right. You, if it was me, I mean, I'm totally... Blue Sky thinking if it was me that was managing a Premier League side who desperately needed a win and could get one if they put their first team out against Boreham Wood I can tell you they've got 
Begovic and Goal, Michael Keane, Andros Townsend and Solomon Rondon are the only names on that squad that I know. Which is yeah. quite surprising. When you when you when you get given, you know, Boreham Woods league position of third at the moment, they've lost twice all season in the National League. They're not a mid table outfit that have had a good FA Cup run that you put a maybe understrength team out, you know, you you think you would, you know, take take the tie. Um, yeah. like you said, I think it's it's quite brave in a way when you look as well how how well Wood played against Bournemouth in the last round. They were organised. You know, Bournemouth had some early chances, didn't go in. And as I saw Adam Virgo say earlier in the week that, you know, you, you play that game, the first couple of Everton chances, don't hit target, you know, or don't go in. And then you start to think, well, we might have a bit of a chance here. And they're very strong on their set pieces as well. Yeah. I, I just think, I think for me, if, 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 Frank, if Frank had put out his first team side, got the win, might have carried, started a little bit of momentum that might kickstart the season that they need to do. Otherwise, I think they might be in big trouble. So I really hope Bourne would do turn them over and Frank Lampard gets what he deserves. Yeah, <laughs> and the other thing is, no, I've just, just seen the, the pictures at the moment. Um, hmm. Good to see a big, big crowd at Goodison Park as well. Because obviously some some fans probably think, oh, it's only Boreham Wood, won't yeah. bother tonight, it's raining, blah, blah, blah. But now there's a big, healthy crowd there, which is good. Yeah, that's brilliant. And Wood haven't conceded an FA Cup goal yet this season. So that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. We'll see after we that. finish. Sorry? I forgot about that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see after we finish recording whether it's still intact yeah. as well <laughs> as it goes through. Now, something a lot of us have noticed in the last few weeks, I would say, and um, I've been to grounds where it's been at and um, both Gaz and, and Pete witnessed it at Worthing at the weekend. There seems to be a little element of troublemaking coming into the non-league game. Now, it's not getting in at every single ground, I don't think, and a lot of these people that are attaching themselves to clubs aren't fans of these clubs, but it's these clubs that are getting their reputation pulled through the gutter. I... I don't think I've, I've witnessed it a little at step five at Little Hampton after their Vars game. Um, I left before I think majority of it happened and it made the authorities limit their capacity for their quarterfinal in a couple of weeks' time against North Shields, which has since been revoked and they're now allowed a higher capacity. Um, but as I said, both of you guys saw some at the weekend when you were both at Worthing. So yeah. Do you both want to talk us through what happened? So, I mean, Pete, was you up in the commentary box, weren't you? Yeah, I was up in the box. So I, I didn't see see a lot of it, to be honest. Obviously, I went outside the ground at the end of the game and uh, there was a few police around. Yeah. I, I didn't actually um, witness anything myself. Obviously, I heard I, about stuff and I saw some videos. I didn't hear about the stuff that was that happened before the game and I didn't, I didn't hear or see any of that because I got to the game and and then just start having a drink there. But halfway, but just in the, to the second half, there was, I counted eight police officers turned up. Mm. And I didn't know what it was about. I, I assumed there was trouble somewhere. Um, there was an announcement went over over the, ta- over the MPA system. Didn't hear where it was because where I was stood, I couldn't really make out what it was. But it was asking certain people to stay in a certain stand, I believe. Um, but what what I did witness was quite sort of. It was very much what I'd expect at like I don't know, a Man United Liverpool game or a Palace Brighton game. There was a lot of shouting and pointing at specific people in the away end or the home end, gesturing and it just it. Worthing wants to be known as a family club, and it didn't seem very family friendly. If I had taken my boy to that game and he was stood with me, I'd probably have left, which is sad for the club. Um, but, do you, but do you think that was more on the part of, of the visiting fans? or No, because the people stood in front of me were home fans. Right. Um, and they weren't wearing anything red or white. They were your old... Late 40s, early 50s in their casual gear, they've probably gone to the football in the 80s, if that makes sense. So not so much a tracksuit, but he had jeans on, he had some Adidas originals, like a long, 
like trench coat type thing, a little trench coat, like a duffel coat type thing. It just looked very, I heard someone asking, are you guys bought any boys then? And some, it was quite embarrassing. Some guys said to him, you guys bought any boys? And this Enfield fan told me, yeah, yeah, I bought six. Oh, is that it? How old are they? And he went, oh, they're my kids. Uh, so there was someone from Worthing. I don't know. I'm not, obviously, they might not be affiliated to Worthing. They might not go to the game. They might just be that they had a bit of free time, fancied a scrap and wanted to try their luck. But I'd never seen them there before. But it's just sad to see it. Like I get that with success become, comes more, more fans, different fans, newer fans who may be disillusioned with their team and decide that they want to watch a bit of lower league football, but don't bring that violence with you because yeah. for a lot of non-league fans, they go to the game, they go to a game to enjoy the love of football. It's mm. there's no violence, there's no, there's a bit of friendly banter. But but that's it. It's not violent. And and yeah. I'm not I'm not saying there was violence at, at Worthing. I didn't see any. But it's sad to see that there was there was some when, punches, there was some punches thrown. Was there? Yeah. When when I left, there was a, a police riot van out the front and two police cars. Yeah, yeah. I I've, I've never seen that. I've been, I felt oh. my first Worthing game in two thousand and two. Uh, okay. and I've, I've never seen that. So, but half half the half the problem was um, obviously Enfield came down in their numbers. Yeah, and um, a lot of them were Spurs fans. Ah, uh, those pesky Spurs fans. Yeah, those pesky Spurs fans. Um, and what happened at half time? When usually in non-league, you switch ends, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they swap ends, all the rest of it. A, a group of Enfield fans wouldn't move when the home fans tried to get into that stand. Right. Um, and that sort of escalated a, a little bit, and then the stewards had to come in and, and form a barrier between them. Um, and that's when some punches got thrown, apparently. Um, but like I say, I didn't witness all of that. It's no. just sort of what I've picked up on the on the groups after and all the rest of it. But um, in in the pub beforehand, apparently the Enfield fans were on the tables and and chanting and everything. And there was only about ten Worthing fans in the pub at the time, and they were they were literally in this little dip in the Vic, if you know it. And, and they were all totally surrounded, and people were offering them out in the pub and all sorts. And it was just uh, so. I think you know before they even got to the ground, there was a bit of a an atmosphere brewing as it was. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I think we need to point out that it's not just, not just confined to Worthing the weekend. It wasn't confined to no. you Neilhampton know, no. two weeks ago. Um, Wildstone took a huge, great following to Barnet a couple of weeks ago. There's a lot of animosity between their fans, not really with ours, because they believe that we stole the hive from them. So they've been looking forward to this game for probably since when, uh, whenever it was we moved to the hive, 2013, I think it was. Um, they've been looking forward to this game for that particular point. Hmm. They would take huge numbers. But again, I think we had a, a little minority that connected themselves to Willstone for that afternoon and absolutely trashed. Trashed our, yeah, trashed our North Stand, which is currently out of action, meaning we're having to house the away support again in, a, in our main stand uh, where we used to do. And um, there's quite a hefty bill gone in for the damage because not only has it is it going to cost to repair 
the um, which I think is about forty thousand pounds worth of damage. Um, they've also lost the use of the function room underneath, which is absolutely huge, where they hold weddings about you know twenty thousand a pop. So yeah. they've probably lost about sixty grand on top of that. And then on top of that, having spoken to quite a few Bromley fans um, on Twitter that I know, uh, they had a problem when they played the South End a few weeks ago, where the offer was only a fiver to get in. And there was trouble in the away end where people had spent the afternoon in the pub, only paid a fiver to go into football and gone and stood in the Bromley end and yeah. then obviously caused a ruction with the Bromley fans. So it's creeping in a little bit, which isn't nice. And for us, true, true non-leaguers that have been going for years, for weeks, you know, to the to the same clubs, to different clubs, um, it's kind of becoming a little bit of a worry. Yeah, it's concerned. In the National League, do you have to have a police presence at your games? No, depending on the size of the crowd and who we're playing, um, it's generally just manned by stewards. Last Tuesday, though, when we played Kings Lynn, who bought about 50, no more than 100, um, there were two or three coppers walking up and down. And I'm thinking, really? Uh, you know, I'm not being funny, but there's there's bigger games I've seen us ha have at yeah. the Hive in the past and there hasn't been a police presence or yeah. they've been tucked away where you can't really see them and not get involved in anything. So um, it is, I think, down to, you know, uh, discretion. I think I'm sure when I went away to Dover back in September, there were four Met Police coppers there that day. Right. Now, we weren't going to take any more than about Again, 100, 200. Um, we, you know, we weren't playing particularly well at the time. And um, I've seen it in other away grounds over the years where Met Police coppers have travelled. Um, I've not seen people there that I didn't know. So where their intellig intelligence has come from, that there might be a bit of an issue, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, other clubs, I think, do have a higher police presence, bigger crowds. You know, for sure, compared to what we get at the hive, but no, generally there isn't much of a police presence there. Yeah, because I've noticed this is when we when we've been to Bognor, there's always seems to be, uh, the, you know, a couple of coppers mm. uh, hang, hanging around, etc. So whether the, you club just give them a call and say, like, we've got Worth in the weekend, uh, could you send a couple of people up? Yeah, potentially uh, just to oversee yeah. it, and, and and that's a deterrent in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I but think obviously, obviously Saturday we had to call the police. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think now it's happened the once. I think people's, you know, people's ears are pricked up a little bit and are a little bit more wary about what happens. Um, I could quite conceivably see that over the next few weeks, as as it gets towards the business end of the season, which we'll talk about in a minute, that as the crowds possibly will start getting bigger than the fifteen hundred as well because it's getting closer to, you know, especially if it gets to a point where, you know, there's a home game where Worthing can win the title. I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe one or two just inside and, you know, maybe a couple outside as well. But if needs must, needs must. You've got to look yeah. after those people inside the stadium, especially those people that you, that you know you see every week um, against those people that are just literally jumping on the gravy train almost. Exactly, and most of them just going go and get tanked up, and then the argument comes in: Do you do you close close the pubs or you know by the ground and stuff and stop yeah, people having having a, having a drink? Yeah, because difficult. it's all it's always drink fueled. Yeah. yeah, but then would that that would involve more cost? I would guess the wording yeah. due to loss of loss of earnings for that pub or those pubs. See, an interesting thing for next year is National League South. You are still allowed to drink around the pitch. And when I was listening to um, the Hungerford chairman, Patrick Chambers, his podcast with Mark White a couple of weeks ago, um, Mark said that he had a couple of disagreements with his fellow board members because he didn't want pitch side drinking. He wants families in at his games and he doesn't want drunken louts by the, you know, perimeter, you know, swilling beer and everything. But you can do it at national league level. So uh, south level, sorry, you can't when you get into the into the top division. Um, so so whether whether that's something Worthing will allow next year or whether they will stop it, which then may be an increased cost where you've got to have a steward at each end, each end of the bar to stop people going out. How that's going to work with that other bar though over the other side, 
mm. you know, is um, I we would suggest to me that you know they'll they'll happily let it continue. But if it became a problem, the local authority would then step on it, stamp on it, and say, "Sorry, your bar's shut at you know three o'clock. They open again at quarter to four. You got fifteen minutes, and then you know they shut again yeah. after that. I, you know, be interesting to yeah. see with that." Yeah, it's, it's just a shame that we, you know we, we're we're thinking about stuff and trying to come up with solutions. And at the end of the day, it's in, it's down to the individuals to act like human beings and go mm. and watch a football match and enjoy a day out. Yeah, agree. Yeah, it's not nice, is it? Right, let's bring it back to some more positive stuff, shall we? We're in March. James, is, James isn't here. James, <laughs> that's very positive. I like that. Um, <laughs> he loved in... me, wasn't he? He always gives me grief. He does, yeah, yeah. He does when you're not here. So yeah, only fair for you to get your own back. So we're in March. We're looking at now the end of April is the end of the season for most for most clubs and most divisions. So we're right at what we would call the business end of the season, where things are going to start to get settled over the next few weeks, or we're going to have a little late surge from from someone um, coming out of the pack in many different divisions where do you guys want to start the national league at the top start, yeah. The, yeah. Through, yeah. start the national league start the national league um i was chatting last night actually to darren curry who's the assistant at south end uh, yeah friend yeah so you know people you haven't got i just take managers and coaches here there and everywhere and um we we were we obviously asked you know i asked him who you know who's going to win the national league the obvious answer is Stockport at the moment because of the the run they they're on. I said to him, you know, I've been Chesterfield all through the season, not just because I've got a vested interest with Scott Loach and goal, of course, but the goals of Tishimanga, I thought would win them the the, the uh, league quite comfortably. Now he's injured, but not just that bit. Also, I think what's happened with all the stuff around James Rowe. And then the injury straight after has just completely derailed them. Um, and I think it, you know, would would if they win their three games in hand, will be a point in front. But you're asking a lot when teams have got points in the bag. Yeah, I, I I've put I, I thought thought Stockport will go up. I think Tushimanga getting injured has been an issue. But I actually think their luck might have changed when a manager with all the stuff with the manager. I think that might have clouded over the promotion push, if that makes sense. And I think they might just miss out because I've put Wrexham down as winning the playoffs. Okay. Wrexham have, have, well, Wrexham have uh, sort of climbed a little bit, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, recently. they have, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're sort of putting themselves in contention and obviously they've got money behind them. So they've got the money behind them and I think they've just got a little bit of momentum going into like, Going into the clinical part of the season, I get it's a marathon, not a sprint, and they're sort of they started slow and they're slowly getting themselves forward. And I, I think, I think it will stop what to go up and wreck some bad playoffs. Yeah, and Chesterfield absolutely hammered Notts County last night, didn't they? Yeah, I um I spoke to Lochi actually yesterday afternoon um, because I watched them at the weekend. They played Yeovil on BT, um, and they really really struggled in that game. Really struggled. I mean. Paul Cook's not had a home win until Saturday. Now he's got, you know, two in two. In two. It's like London buses, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but Loachie's just said, though, they were, they were the complete opposite on Tuesday night than they were on Saturday. But just sometimes that one win gets the bounce going again. Um, but I think definitely too much for them to, you know, to catch um, Stockport. But at the same time, you've got to give them plaudits because at one stage, they were top of the league with 12 players out injured. Yeah. You know, and to and to keep that going, you know, whoever comes in doesn't make a difference. It's another cog in the wheel that just keeps it turning. You know, fair play to them for that. But I think maybe now it's just caught up with them a little bit. I think playoffs wise, see, I'd like to see someone like Halifax or Bromley do it again. Small budget in against well, apparently Bromley's budget isn't too small, but Halifax small budget, you know, well up there with everyone else. Um, and I said I did say to Darren last night, beginning of the season in the non-league paper, Pete Wilde was saying, can't compete with Stockport, Wrexham, Chesterfield, just throwing money at it just like this. And it was as if he'd almost conceded that 
you know, it's mid-table or below for them, you know, but at one stage they were they were top, you know, they were in that top three. So, you know, as we saw with Sutton, we've seen with Barrow, you don't need a big budget always to win it, it helps, but yeah, it's not guaranteed, you know, is it, as it goes? No. Yeah. no. Do, you, do, you, do you see their top seven sort of staying the same? Because looking at it, I think that's probably going to be... Yeah, we said, we said last night... Um, uh, Dagenham will feel that they should have done a lot better with the players they've got. Um, and, and Torquay. Yeah. No, Torquay, I wasn't surprised at because they lost so many of their playoff team last year right. um, that I expected them to struggle a bit because he literally built at least half a brand new side, if not more than that. So um, I'm not surprised they struggled. I expected Yoga was to do a bit better. Um, but I think outside the top seven, you've got Grimsby. And I can't think, I think it might be Halley, no, Grimsby and Bromley at the moment are the only two outside the top seven that are still close enough to make a run into it. And um, Grimsby are coming back into a little bit of form, so they may they may nick a spot, but there's so many big games coming up with um, sides playing each other in that top seven. Literally, there's two games a week, if not the following week. You look at one and you go, Christ, that's two big games. And you look at next week's fiction, Christ, there's two more. So... There's plenty of points to be, you know, won and lost and and dropped there. Um, but it's definitely those. It'll, it'll only be those two outside the top seven that could that could gate crash it. I think. Yeah, is the Bournemouth Bor- 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 just got through on goal there, so I got a little bit excited. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bottom bottom three, Dun and Dusty Trev. Almost, almost. Uh, Dover definitely. Kings Lynn too much for for uh, for Tommy and Hugo to do there. Weymouth's the Weymouth's the funny one because Woken had just sacked Alan Dowson. So they're rudderless at the moment. I think they're 10 or 11 without a win. Uh, Barnet aren't doing much better <laughs> as, it, as it goes. We, we know we can still get dragged into it. Um, There's no over... points, though, between Weymouth and Oldershaw, isn't there? So yeah, yeah. That might a, just and, yeah, be... yeah, you think, you know, that's a lot. That's a big ask again for Weymouth to win four or five on the bounce just to catch everybody else. Yeah, yeah. we never had anyone five all season. Exactly. <laughs> so you would hope that, you know, um, everyone else would have would have enough. But, you know, there's still, what have we got, 11, 12 games, I think, in the National League to play. So, you know, there's still a fair bit. You've got those two games over Easter that can change a heck of a lot when it comes to the bottom and the top. Um, so I'd like to say... Everyone else above Weymouth would be safe, but I wouldn't, you know, there's a chance Woking could get dragged into it if they don't appoint quickly and arrest their slide. Yeah. I think. Yeah, see, yeah. Yeah, see some of the teams have got 15 games left in life. If, what, we got two months left of the season? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, wow. lot of Tuesday, Saturdays, yeah. A lot for a lot of teams. I think so many, so many clubs got hit just before Christmas and around Christmas time with COVID in the National League, there's so many games that got lost then. And obviously, you know, Boreham would have had games off for two or three weekends with their cup exploits. You've got the FA Trophy, which has uh, moved Barnett's game with Wrexham in two weeks' time to Tuesday the 5th of April. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of national sides left in the um, left in the trophy. So there'll be a few more that will end up with a couple more midweek efforts. So... A lot of football to play. A lot of play. North and South. Right, National North. Mm. Gateshead are in pole at the moment, aren't they? But Brackley and Kitty can can both. I, um, I have said, I have said Brackley to win. I fancy Kitty. I fancy Kitty. Yeah, oh, even yeah. with the games in hand, but. I think um, they can. They've got momentum at the moment. And they're still winning games. Yeah, because yeah. even after their couple of exploits, it hasn't affected their no. league form. No, not at all. Not at all. They won Tuesday night. I think it was three 0 um, as well. Their their playoff race, I I think, is quite quite a I say a tight one. Um, I think when I looked at it the week before last, Spennymore down in about fourteenth. If they put a run of three or four wins together. They're sitting out just outside the playoffs by about a couple of points. Yeah, spending you know, more than nine points off the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, 
you know, it's it, it's it's still doable as we're at the beginning of March and you've got well, so Bradford Parker. Bradford ah. Park on this Bradford Park Avenue on the same amount of points as Spennymore as well. Are they? And Alfreton are on thirty-two, so one below. So yeah, so that's a tight race that one. So I would like to predict who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna make it out of that one. It's um, you know, and I think they're race the race to get out, out of the bottom spot between about four or five clubs as well. If I remember rightly. Yeah, uh, well, Farsley have played twenty-eight. Yeah, and and they're two, and um, they've got Guysley two points ahead of them, but they've only played twenty-six. And I think Farsley's goal difference is far worse than anyone else's, isn't it? Yeah, minus thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the only thing that could go against them. But again, you know, you pick up a, a win, you climb off the bottom, and the pressure's on someone else, and then you win another one, and the pressure's on three or four clubs below you. So you know. It can easily happen with so many games still to play. Yeah. I think so. And then in, into the south. Yeah. It's still not clear cut at the top if mates don't win their game yeah. in hand. So three points behind Dorkin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've um, put Dorkin up and then Maidstone in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think. Yeah. I'll go Dorkin. Yeah. And I think on, on current form with the way. Teams are dipping in and out of the playoffs in that division as well. You'd say Maidstone have got to be favourites as well. Bigger budget, good support. Yeah. You know, um, but again, only takes a, a bit of momentum and all of a sudden Hungerford or Eastbourne Borough have jumped in and then, you know, gone and won the playoffs and made it into the National League. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which would be um, ideal. And then the bottom at the moment does look like Bill and Ricky have got a lot of work to do. A lot of work yeah. to do. Yeah, um, I think I think Billericay are down, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they've, they've only won four all season, so you can't see that sort of all of miraculous no. change. I mean, I mean, even when they changed managers, when they got rid of Kevin Watson and brought in Jody Brown, there was no new manager bounce at all in that part. Um, so I think I think they'd be uh, swapping places with maybe someone along the south coast in Sussex, but really. <laughs> <laughs> he won't be. He won't be Bogner. <laughs> <laughs> Mind the gap. No, certainly won't be. Uh, right. So we've gone. Right, so, so we've done the national league. So into the Ishmian. Yep. Yep. And we know where we're going with the Premier and yep. the playoffs. What about the bottom three? It's two go right. down and one playoff against step four, don't they? Yeah, I'm getting confused about all this playoff stuff at the bottom. Yeah, it's a different, bit, different yeah. tables are putting it different ways. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm sure the bottom two definitely get relegated. Then the third place, third lowest place team, then plays off against. Must be the, it's either, it can't be the highest, highest set of champions. Yeah. It must be the lowest by points. I'm guessing That's points it. per game. It's points per game. So yeah. Bright, even though Brighton see in that position at the moment. If their points per game is better than a corresponding team in this one of the other leagues, then yeah. they they'll escape having to do that. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's complicated because it's, it's not. Confusing. Yeah, it's not clear cut on on. I think it's um like when you get to step five, all the champions go up, and then it's so many best play second team on points per game, and then yeah. the others have to play off against the third place team at step four as to whether they go up I think or something like that I don't know it's so they haven't made it easy this year you know it's yeah. just been finished finish top or finish bottom and you know exactly where you are you know exactly where you stand but <laughs> I think then the other thing is Cray Wondrous could get sucked into this because Brighton said got two games in hand on them yeah and obviously Cray had that that deduction points deduction yeah and Cray in the null and void season they were second behind us mm. they were you know and obviously a lot of their players went to Lewis along with the manager. Yeah. And they've had to rebuild. And obviously it's not going to plan really because we had their chairman on. Um, I didn't think they looked too bad against Lewis a few weeks ago though. I didn't, uh, they, they played some good stuff. Lewis outclassed them, but I didn't think they looked too bad. I thought, I, I think they probably got enough to stay up. Yeah, just about, but I think. Yeah. I, I don't think they looked too bad. No, and like I say, you look at the gold, the gold it would brightly see is Furrick and Leverhead have all conceded over 40 and Cray are minus 14. Yeah. <laughs> a bit, well, bit of a difference had, there. 
they've had a lot of games that have been four threes and five fours and games like that, haven't they? They, you know, they yeah. don't tend to get. They I don't think they've been hammered, have they, Cray? At all? Probably about three nils. Probably about one of their biggest defeats. Off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah. You know. So again, you know, it stands you in good stead, though. When you look at, like you say, you know, conceding that many goals and your goal differences is shot to pieces. You, you know, you, you've almost conceded two or three points anyway. You know, because if if you level on points, you know, you're done for with such a negative goal difference as well. Yeah. But I think Leverhead and Farrakh are gone, to be honest. Yeah, it's a bit too much for them to do, I think, as well, isn't yeah. it? But one of the other clubs in Sussex as well is looking good for, for promotion. And, and again, another side like Worthing and South Shields that should have gone up over the last two years as well, and that's Hastings. Yes. Averaging good crowds as well. Yeah, I think it's over. Um, is it over a thousand or just under? I think it's just over, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I think it is um, just over. Yeah. Yeah, but again, I mean, I did wonder when uh, Chris Aguta quit, whether that would, you know, derail things. But Gary, Gary Elphick, a former Rebel, has come in and um, carried on the good work. Yeah, and John Meany. Yes, John Meany. John Meany. Well, yeah, of course, yeah, as his assistant. Yeah. He's the brains, isn't he? I think. Very good footballing brain, John Meany. Yeah, we had him on. Uh, he covered the uh, Worthing v Charlton under eighteen games on commentary with me. Yeah, uh, and he was talking tactically. I was like, "You've lost me, yeah. mate." <laughs> yeah. He he is good at that, Johnny. You just very, watch him, like yeah. watching him uh, when he was when he was at Worthing with Gary, and he, his brain just looks like it works completely different to anyone else. It's very magical. He went to Crawley as well, didn't he? In Crawley, and... yes, he's done. A, yeah, a bit of Crawley Town as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So when we look at the bottom of that division, I think Whistable Town are bottom, aren't they? Yeah, with Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Phoenix. And, Phoenix. and then you've got Seven Oaks. Seven Oaks, two points ahead, but a worse goal difference than both Phoenix and Whistable. Yeah. Is that because, I mean, that division's quite predominantly Kent and Sussex sides in it with the odd sprinkling from, from Surrey, although most of them are in the um, in the central division. Um. You've got from the from the Kent League or the southeast southeastern counties as it's called, Chatham or Sheppey will probably both go up from that division, which again both clubs need to get up. Um, in a bit sort of in effect like Worthing and Hastings division, where both the sides haven't gone up, they're actually stifling everyone else's progression as well by not being allowed to to um, you know progress over the last couple of years. And then of course in Sussex we've got Littlehampton, who hopefully will win that division as well and take a... I'm not sure how that will work was because no one will drop into Sussex from from the Ishmian. So there's a good chance Crobra or Hawley will get laterally moved again and end up back in Sussex. Yeah, I'm sure they'll love that. <laughs> that sort of happens as well. So um, Nice little trip from Hawley to Bexhill on a Tuesday night. Well, yeah, well, even getting up to Crowborough is not fantastic on a on a Tuesday from some parts of Sussex either. Right. To get away through there. I was going to ask you, Trevor, going back to yep. the southeast, the Isthmian yep. southeast Hastings top of um, Whitehawk, obviously got relegated from the Isthmian Premier in the last completed season. Yeah, and they are struggling, aren't they? Yeah, I saw them early season against Littlehampton in the FA Cup, and. Littlehampton didn't look out of place. They lost, Littlehampton lost 5 4 in the end. Um, yeah, I was at that one, wasn't I? Yeah, you were, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, there were a couple of players that, that, that sort of stood out for Whitehawk, but not much more than that. But I think the problem with that division is you've got so many local derbies against Sussex clubs, or if you're in Kent against Kent. Kent clubs. Um, I know, obviously, you know, when you're one division below in step five, it's just a derby every week. But when you go up a division, you maybe expect as many as four sides you're playing against, so eight per season, not maybe in some cases you've got, you know, 12 or more games. Mm. So they become that little bit maybe, what's the word, not, not less competitive, but the players know each other too well because they've all been around that same circuit in Kent or in or in Sussex. So I think having the fresh blood going up, Lansing, Corinthian this year from both the two divisions. Um, if you look at 
if you if you look at both their progresses during the season, they both took a little while, I think, to get used to that division. And then about 10 or 11 games in when they've worked out how they needed to play to get results, I think the pair of them are quite well placed in mid-table off the top of my head. Lancelin and Corinthian? Yeah. Lancelin are just above Whitehawk in 16th and then Corinthian, yeah, in 11th, smack bang in the middle of the table. Yeah, so they've, you know, they've learned how to play the division. When you look at someone like Seven Oaks at Whitstable, who are quite well established at, at, at their level, have both struggled this year. Um, Seven Oaks have just changed the manager in the last couple of weeks, whether that's too late or not. I don't quite know. That'll tell over the next 11, 12 games. Um, but that's what it seems to be when you go up as well from the council leagues. I don't know if some of it's because we've had this stagnation for two years where nobody has moved and teams have just been able to play at the level they're at, been fairly comfortable. And then when you take one step up, you think, Christ, this is actually a whole different ball game when you've only stepped up really one division. Um, and others, it may, it may do Whitstable and Seven Oaks good to drop out and restart again and, you know, go back up and, um, and regroup. But, um, you know, we still got what seven seven weeks seven weeks of football, haven't we? Still to still to get through till the season finishes. So, you know, there's plenty of um, plenty of games still to go. I think for uh, a few things to change. Yeah. Right. It looks like there's a bit of problems in the crowd at um, Everton, Bournemouth. We've seen okay. all the medical yeah medical staff all running over to the, someone in the crowd on the opposite side of the pitch. So. So the game stopped for for the time being. Yeah, still nil nil, forty first minute. So, well, your TV's behind mine. They're playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got it on on the old ITV hub. Oh, yeah, it uh, will be behind then. Yeah, got a bit yeah. of delay. Well, at least you've got TV at the moment. I've got to wait another week in a bit, but oh. there we go. Never mind. Right, gents, I think that's pretty much about it for this evening. Yeah. Uh, Pete, where are you off to next couple of weeks? Lewis Saturday, obviously. Lewis Saturday and then East Furrock next Tuesday. L- lovely midweek Tuesday night journey, that one. Oh. Yeah, through, through, the t- through, the, through the tunnel, yeah. you're going to love that. Yeah, you're love, love that. We did that on a Saturday a few years ago, didn't we? We did, yes. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah. Lovely was that, ground. Was that the, um, <laughs> was that the Cattail <laughs> season? The yes, first it one? was, yeah. 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 I take it there was a sarcastic lovely ground there. Not at all. <laughs> it's, got, it's got a nice little pub over the road. I, I don't know. That. It's got a very big clubhouse. Yeah, it has got a big clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. But it's a it's a funny it's a funny kind of entrance when you go in because we we sort of walked in and thought was like a bit of shed over there, a bit ramshackle bit over there. It yeah. seemed a bit kind of weird. Yeah. And then you get in and there's a football ground. You think, oh, okay, that's a bit you know. But hey ho, each of their own. Guys, what you got going on? I'll be honest with you, haven't got a clue. I haven't got anything planned at the moment. Um, I thought you were going to say, haven't with Waterlooville. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to try and get up to Dorking before the end of the season. I'll be following them on um, on YouTube on their bunch of amateurs thing they do on there. I've been watching that. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's really good. And do you know what? It's, I think everyone, if you're a fan of non-league football, I think you should watch it. It's um, yeah. It gives an insight have it, with Mark being the chairman and the manager. Sort of bit of what he does on match days and in the dressing room, the type of team talks that he gives and that sort of thing is really interesting. It is really good, and he's not scared to swear either, is he? He, he doesn't like <laughs> swearing, does he? <laughs> Speaking of which, Pete, he was at um, Culver Road on Tuesday night. I, don't I, know, I can't believe him. that. I missed him. Yeah, he was there, and so was Don. I did try. I did try and collar him a couple. I did try and collar him, see if I could get him to come on, but uh, he disappeared into oblivion after the second time of seeing him. Well, just the same as you guys, I haven't got anything planned. Uh, well, I've got no idea where I'm going next Tuesday. I haven't even got that far yet. Um, Thurrock? No, it won't be Thurrock. Um, oh, hang on. What's the date next Tuesday? It's only the 8th, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the 15th Barney got Boreham Wood, so it won't be, I won't be there next week. So, yeah, no idea on that one. And then it's um, Little Hampton's FA Vars quarterfinal before we next come on air. Yeah, it's on a Saturday now, isn't it? That's on a Saturday, yeah. Yeah, against North Shields. We thought it was going to be a Sunday, didn't we? Well, originally, yeah, they posted it was going to be a Sunday. Then they went for the Saturday. And funny enough, actually, I was something, um, 
meant to do meant to do during the week was right at the very beginning. A lot of the a lot of players were asking, are the county league going to postpone games or you know maybe move them to the to the Friday or the Sunday? And um, I still haven't seen anything come out about that, so I'm assuming they're not going to. Which I, can't, um, I couldn't see why they need to. I think because a lot of players want to go and watch. All oh, um, right. Okay. That you know that's more it, and you know it's not it's not often a Sussex side gets this far in the in the Vars. Um, Kent is pretty much the same as well. There's lots of teams around Littlehampton as well, isn't there? Lots of county teams and they're all friends. They all live in Bognor or Worthing. A couple live in Littlehampton. They're all good friends. So, I think... Although, I know know if both clubs agree and the league agrees, they can move their game to a Friday night. So, there's no reason why, you know, those playing locally, if they were at home, you know, could ask to move theirs. But I haven't seen... I haven't seen much movement uh, at all on on any of that, but that might still happen in the next couple of weeks. But that's that's pretty much all I've got planned. So that's it for episode twenty nine. So thanks, Pete. Thanks, Gaz. No problem. No worries. Enjoy the rest of the week. And any football you're going to. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 